he's made it very clear. There's no mystery to what he wants to do. He started off his campaign by saying, I am your retribution. Eight years ago, he said, I am your voice. This is an angry, bitter man who now wants to be back as president because he wants to exact retribution on anyone who has disagreed with him, anyone who has tried to hold him to account for his own conduct. And every one of these policies that he's talking about are about pursuing a plan of retribution. And yet, at the first debate, my three colleagues on this stage, when asked if he would be convicted of federal felonies, would they still support him, raised their hand, looked into the camera, and let everybody know that they would still support him, even if convicted of federal felonies. Federal felonies, by the way. Federal felonies which involve our election process, federal felonies which involve the most sensitive of our governmental secrets, federal felonies where he instructed others to commit crimes, folks who are now agreeing to go to jail because of what they did in his name. So do I think he was kidding when he said he was a dictator? All you have to do is look at the history. And that's why failing to speak out against him, making excuses for him, pretending that somehow he's a victim, empowers him. You want to know why those poll numbers are where they are? Because folks like these three guys on the stage make it seem like his conduct is acceptable. Let me make it clear. His conduct is unacceptable. He's unfit. And be careful of what you're going to get. If you ever got another Donald Trump term, he's letting you know, I am your retribution. Thank he will you. only be, Elizabeth, he will only be his own retribution. He doesn't care for the American people. It's Donald Trump first. Well, I never thought I'd say it. But Chris Christie is exactly right. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI in Round Mountains, KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso, Eugene's KEPW, Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast coast and around the globe conveniently for you every day on the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites, Blanket and Planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, an all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Welcome to another special coverage edition for some reason that I am not completely sure of. 
of the Bradcast, the race for second place, again, for some reason that I'm not completely sure of, continued at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa on Wednesday night in the GOP, well, what was billed as the, quote, fourth and final GOP debate, though as we learned today, it wasn't actually final at all. There are going to be two more held next month. For some reason. By CNN. Go figure. But it was, once again, at least for now, a contest of who won't least not be the GOP nominee for uh, for president in 2024, which um, this contest may have shouted its way into a draw before voting begins at the caucuses in Iowa in just over one month's time, Desi Doyen. I know. One month's time, but there'll be, don't worry, two more debates. Uh, though a uh, personal prerogative here, by the way, though they may have shouted their way into a draw, I actually think Chris Christie helped himself out a lot towards the goal of not being the least not nominated for the, anyway. The uh, now four <laughs> candidates who qualified for the debate stage on Wednesday and who decided to show up were... Donald Trump's former U.N. ambassador and former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former New Jersey governor Chris Christie, and some sort of scammy business dude or something, I'm still not sure, Vivek Ramaswamy. The debate actually, and I must say, one of the best ones to date in <laughs> my personal opinion, Though it's a pretty low bar, I admit. It was sponsored by and aired on, if you could find it on your cable or satellite grid, an outlet called News Nation, a relatively new outlet, apparently where discredited news personalities go to die. The pre- and post-game was anchored by Chris Cuomo, and the debate itself was moderated by Elizabeth Vargas, formerly of ABC, now of News Nation, Megyn Kelly, formerly of Fox News and NBC, now of SiriusXM, and Ileana Johnson, uh, apparently of the CW? And the Free Beacon, I think. Really? Yeah. Or something. And I don't think it's fair to say that Elizabeth Vargas is discredited, more just discarded. There because she's probably too old for ABC. There you go. Wonder if I can get a job over there. Anyway, <laughs> despite uh, being um, perhaps the first presidential debate moderated, I think, by three women in an election year where abortion rights will be once again uh, playing an outsized role, especially in a state which has all but all but entirely banned the procedure in Alabama, there were nonetheless zero questions about abortion. But as to what did happen, as far as I can tell and or summarize for you very quickly, Nikki Haley, flush with billionaires' endorsements from the uh, Coke network, revealed with a straight face that using TikTok for just a few minutes makes you 17% more anti-Semitic. An oddly specific amount of more anti-Semitic, but uh, not sure how that's measured, but there you go. Ron DeSantis wanted us very much to know that he is bravely against child mutil mutilation, apparently. Uh, it's seemingly an American epidemic. Who knew? But uh, also that he is a Calvin Coolidge fan, which is an obvious pander to all the silent Cal fanboys out there. 
Vivek Ramaswamy revealed he is even more obnoxious than you thought he was possibly capable of and that there is no conspiracy theory that you could possibly come up with that he is not already willing to go all in for. And Chris Christie revealed why many people long ago in a galaxy now far, far away honestly believe that he would have been a very serious contender for president of the United States. Not these United States, but those that once existed in that galaxy, now far, far away. They called each other, and I quote, obnoxious blowhards, corrupt, toxic, fascist, and liars. And, well, who am I to disagree with the Republican Party's own carefully curated candidates for the 2024 nomination for President of the United States as qualified for Wednesday's debate to exacting party standards and requirements. The only person more fascist than the Biden regime now is Nikki Haley, who thinks the government should identify every one of those individuals. You do guilty. this at every debate. I'll just, I'll tell you you exactly say, what no, I'm don't doing. interrupt I'll me. I didn't interrupt doing. you. OK, you tell say this, you, you do this, to die. you do this at every debate. And now, I, said, I'm not I done yet. Well, this is, now look, this is, and here's what This man is this is the fourth debate, the fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So shut up for a while. I'm going to respond to that. I want to say your version of that. No, I want to say they're toxic neocons. You can put lipstick on a Dick Cheney. It is still a fascist neocon. There's going to be a new sheriff in town, and these drug cartels better buckle up. I have a record of standing up and do what's right, and, and here's the you thing. You have a record she, of she's done, she's Governor Haley, would you like to respond? <laughs> no. And they're all on the same team. <laughs> Uh, it, now, if it all sounds kind of bat crap crazy, that's only because it is. But uh, those four are apparently the best and brightest the grand old party now has to offer, unless you add the stable genius, not dictatory at all, except for on day one, Donald Trump, the far and away front runner for the GOP nomination, despite facing four felony indictments and 91 criminal charges. Not that you would have known much of that had you been able to figure out how to tune in to watch on Wednesday night, even as, to be fair, Chris Christie did finally at least try to get people to notice that. For example, as you heard at the top of the show and in his closing remarks. I want you all to kind of picture in your minds Election Day. You'll all be heading to the polls to vote. And that's something that Donald Trump will not be able to do because he will be convicted of felonies before then and his right to vote will be taken away. You know, you, look, Here's the bottom line. You can boo about it all you like and continue to deny reality. But if we deny reality as a party, we're going to have four more years of Joe Biden. If you're too timid to take on Trump, believe me, others will, get, will see that timidity. Xi, Putin and the Ayatollah, the border crossers on the southern border, and the criminals in our streets. All of this, totally normal. Nothing to be alarmed by at all. 
Joining us today once again for our special coverage for some reason and to hopefully uh, tell me that I'm wrong about everything is, of course, the tireless, if exhausted, uh, clip-pulling Desi Doyen, who <laughs> yes. you've already heard. Hello, Des. Yep. Uh, and, of course, our uh, stalwart 2024 post-presidential primary debate team, I guess, longtime old school <laughs> blogger analyst team here for another helping, beginning with the man uh, known mostly as Drift Glass, but also sometimes as Mr. Electrico on Twitter or just Bill at home. He's the longtime co-host of the Professional Left podcast produced every Friday, rain or shine from his home in flyover country, Illinois. Mr. Driftglass Electrico Bill, sir, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you, sir. It's an honor to be here. This is this was such a fine and noble <laughs> democratic experiment that we saw play out in front of us. I just I couldn't be more tickled if, uh, if I were sitting in a tickling machine. There you go. And, of course, it would not be a post-debate special coverage show without our old friend, the award-winning salon columnist, longtime hullabaloo blog proprietor, and L.A. local area all-around good egg, Heather Digby-Parton. Hi, Digby. Hey there. Are, are you tickled as well? I am beyond tickled. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm hysterical. I'm so tickled. That's what I thought. All right. So listen. Uh, may, maybe we will get to some clips in a bit. Uh, though really, none of them have much to do with any real issues that are connected to reality, as uh, as as Chris Christie was saying there, um, because they don't seem to matter anymore in this party. The only issue is, or at least, frankly, should be Donald Trump and the grave threat that he poses to the nation and the world. But as noted, I actually think uh, Wednesday's debate was the best one uh, so far, or at least the most engaging or entertaining, uh, at least to me. Maybe because there was only four people and I could sort of follow it or perhaps because Chris Christie, I thought, was much better uh, than he's been in the in the previous three. We'll get to that in a bit. But let me start here with Drift Glass, I guess. Um, why are we even covering last night's debate at all? <laughs> well, you know, um, no, I don't. That's whole, why I'm asking. We, I really am. we have this. We have this entire political party in this country. They're called Republicans. And every now and then, like every two hours at our house, you have to take the thermometer out and measure exactly how nuts they are. Mm. <laughs> and since we can't do a survey of all 70 million lunatics who voted for Donald Trump last time, mm -hmm. we take a sampling, like a little stool sample of the various parts <laughs> of the party, and we put them under glass and say, oh, I know why Nikki Haley's popular among these weirdos. I know why Ron DeSantis is popular among these weirdos. Uh -huh. And I understand why the tech bros love Vivek. And I understand why Chris Christie is there. And it tells us an enormous amount about the Republican Party, nothing about the election, because Donald Trump's going to win the nomination, nothing about Donald Trump we didn't already know, but the state of the party, mm. and especially the donors of the party, tells us a whole lot about how rich people are scrambling around trying to find some way, somewhere to put their money uh, that doesn't involve backing a Democrat, because that would be, you know, unthinkable mm -hmm. so yeah that's what that's what it tells uh, me about the state of the republican well, party and you know, including the moderators uh, uh, yeah mm -hmm. good point yeah just where who's doing the questioning and what are they asking mm. as you pointed out not one mumbling word about abortion it does just it doesn't it, uh, doesn't exist as a concern apparently in that world but uh right. Dr drift Gods, i gotta say that was a really good answer 
That was, <laughs> it was. Well, that was way better. I actually feel better now about devoting this uh, show, the entire hour to it. You know, Brad, if I can't yeah. BS for an hour about something I don't know anything yeah. about, then I should get out of the podcast business. There you, you know? go. There you go. Uh, yeah, I, I feel you. Now, uh, up until last night, Digby, I actually thought Donald Trump was the clear winner of all three debates uh, prior to that one, which, you know, he didn't show up for any of them. But um, without even being there, he didn't have a glove laid on him in his absence. And I, I don't know. Uh, if that was actually true on Wednesday, I think he took a few hits en enough to hurt him. I don't know, but it didn't seem like um, as rabid a Trump crowd as was the case in previous debates. And I realize I might be, uh, no pun intended here, sort of Chris Christie heavy on today's show. But uh, Heather, your your thoughts on that? Well, I think Christie did for the first time, really. And maybe it was just, uh, you know, the result of there being fewer people on stage. So he actually got some time. Although I have to say that he did not get as much time as the rest of them. It took a long time before any before he got, um, you know, he got one question, I think, in the beginning. And then that would, it was a long fallow period where he didn't. But, but it actually seemed it like was, it seemed like he got the most time. And if he didn't, I know he got the least time. Uh, but if if he didn't get the most time, uh, we'll make up for that on this show. So c please press yeah. ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I do think that he did for the first time and was able to to for the first time do what his what 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 his job was supposed to be mm -hmm. in this campaign, which was to get up and tell the unvarnished truth mm -hmm. about Donald Trump and make the case to the Republicans that nominating him would, would was a was a losing proposition. And I do agree with you that the crowd did not seem quite, I mean, in the past, when you said anything like that, mm -hmm. when he said anything like that, they just roared in disapproval. Right. Um, and they did disapprove. There were some boos. There were some other things. And he had to sort of say, hey, I know you don't want to hear the truth, but this is what it is. But it wasn't mm -hmm. quite as energetic as it has been in the past. Um, so he did do that. And, and I also enjoyed, and I have to say that, that I, you know, I'm really glad he did this, even though, you know, it, it's probably meaningless in the big scheme of things. That he went after Vivek Ramaswamy uh, as well, who I think is sort of the Donald Trump stand-in at the debates. Mm. I mean, I know Ron DeSantis mm -hmm. would like to be, uh, and in some respects, on a policy level, he is. But you know, what's mm -hmm. policy with these people? It's right. kind of meaningless. True. But yeah. um, but it's more it's more affect and attitude and vibes. And Ramaswamy is the one who really is channeling the 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 MAGA. Um, you know, id. Well, he's <laughs> he's debates. he's kind of absorbing. It seems absorbing a lot of uh, what might have been directed at Donald Trump. Now it's being uh, directed at at uh, Ramaswamy instead, and and Trump is getting off scot free again, with the exception of of Chris Christie. Um, Chris Christie, who yeah. did go after him and yeah. did it quite effectively. And mm -hmm. I thought, I don't know how you feel about this, Desi, but me, just as a you know, as a normal woman, I think. I was so offended by Ramaswamy's oh, yeah. attacks on, on Nikki Haley. I do not like Nikki Haley, you guys. I really don't like her at all. She is not my, my choice for, for anything. But, you know, no, no, the, the attacks on her were really grotesque. And the fact that Chris Christie stepped up and actually said, hey, wait a minute, you know, this is an accomplished woman. You know, stop doing that. I thought that I, it, it 
I was happy to see it. Let's just put it that way. And I don't like Chris Christie either. So, you know, this is one of those situations where you're just going, okay, there's some shred of humanity among at least one of those people uh, in in both of them that, you know, even though you disagree with them politically, you have to kind of go, uh, all right, you know, this is. Yeah, that was way, way over the top when he he criticized and insulted Haley's experience on the world stage, which is vastly greater than his own in (laughs) any. Thing. I mean, he clearly, Ramaswamy clearly has a woman problem. And I don't know if that's a thing that he carries with him in all of his stuff, but he definitely has got an issue in this particular thing. I mean, everything he said just, you know, reeks of misogyny. So now, see, we're doing it ourselves. We're getting pulled into the Ramaswamy ah, yeah. tsunami. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, distraction. he was pretty. I'm going to keep this on focus at least for a minute here. Uh, Chris Christie. Back to Chris Christie. We're going to keep coming back to Chris Christie. Uh, 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 Drifty, they did not boo him as vigorously as in previous debates. They uh, actually, as as, uh, Digby said, they did boo, but then they kind of settled down and actually seemed to be listening to him and his critiques of Trump. Is that possible? Uh, Well, I know they were quiet. And that was notable because everything else was loud. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they might have been listening. I, I don't know. I don't know who the audience is composed of. If I if I make Chris Christie did two things very well. Um, the first was he did a lot of things pretty well. But one was this was not a debate with three women moderating. It was three women and Chris Christie. Because mm. um, mm. he kept mm. pivoting around to why won't you answer the question, Ron yes. DeSantis? Yes. It's a simple question. Yeah. What's wrong with you? And he's doing the job that they should have been doing, which is pushing mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis. And he pushed him so hard. I don't know if you noticed this. He he Marco Rubo, Rubio'd him. He he made him say the same thing twice because he wasn't going to answer a question <laughs> about Donald Trump mm-hmm. and being a dictator and Donald Trump being unfit. And is is he too old? And Chris Christie and, and Ron DeSantis says, well, you know, father time wins right. all the time, always wins. Right. And Chrissy said, why the hell can't you answer a straight question, Ron? It's a very simple question. And DeSantis says, well, 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 uh, Father Time always wins. And then went back to his prepared lines and looked like a robot. Yep. And that's what Chris Christie is very good at because – and it's simple. All he was doing was doing what the moderator should have done, which was – Ask people to answer the damn question. He's very good, and Ron DeSantis is very bad. Uh, And I'm gonna really bad. I'm gonna jump ahead to uh, something I was gonna get to in the second clip, a second block, but I'll do it right here uh, because underscoring DeSantis has actually become very, very good at not answering tough questions. Uh, We also saw that in his. Uh, debate with uh, Gavin Newsom over on Fox last week. Uh, you know, he's good at just deflecting to something else. Chris Christie called him out on that several times, as you note, uh, for not even giving just a simple yes or no answer to whether Donald Trump, who has been slipping in his speeches and stuff, according to DeSantis himself, whether or not he was mentally unfit for office. Why is he just answer the question? The question was very direct. Is he fit to be president or isn't he? Is he fit? You have your thing. Is he fit or isn't he? He won't answer. Who's who's almost 80 years old. He's afraid to answer. No, I'm not. You're 44 (laughs) years old. I wish I was still 44 years old. Okay? 45. So, well, congratulations. I still take 45. (laughs) Is he fit or isn't he? And this is the problem with my three colleagues. 
They're afraid to offend. That's if why. you're afraid to offend Donald Trump, then what are you going to do when you sit across from President Xi, you sit across from the Ayatollah, you sit across from Putin? You have to be willing to offend with the truth okay. and answer the question. So I, there you go. And by the way, I don't think he ever did answer that question, yes nope. or no, whether whether Trump was fit. Um, but, yeah. but he did say, I don't know if you know this, he served in Iraq. I don't know if you're aware of yes. that, but he served in Iraq. Yeah. And, you know, when I was in Iraq, and uh, you know, when I was in Iraq. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he was in Iraq as an attorney and long after the fighting had stopped there, if I recall. But yeah. he, he does make it sound like he was in the trenches. Uh, speaking of the moderators, guys, I actually think though they did the best job so far, even though they should have been, as you said, pushing him for an answer there. And, and at times they actually were. Uh, you know, I, I think it was, as I said, the first presidential debate ever moderated by three women in a state where abortions are all but completely banned in a year where abortion is a huge issue at the polls. And yet the topic was never mentioned. Heather, uh, you're a woman. <laughs> last, I, last I looked. Yeah. What, 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 what do you make of that? The fact that why did that not come up? How can that be? Well, I would just, you know, you're, the, the idea that you, that you think that these moderators were particularly good, I, I don't really agree with you on that. I didn't. Okay. I, didn't I thought that their questions. It wasn't their questioning. Or I didn't. Their I didn't. By the way, I didn't say. I didn't say they were good. I said they were the best so far in the okay, in the four right, debates. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I and I wouldn't disagree with that since they, all the moderation on these debates has been terrible. Thank yes. you for um, not disagreeing. But I did on think. That. That, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but I did think that their their uh, choice of questions were all loaded uh, questions for you know just basically softball questions for for Republican candidates to mm-hmm. really, you know, go to town with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, having said that, the abortion issue, I mean, I was waiting. I just kind of assumed that, that that it would come up. I mean, for one thing, for a Republican crowd watching the debates, you would think that they would want to give them a little red meat on this kind of thing. And the, uh, the closest they came, I thought it was interesting, going back to Christie, was that when he gave, uh, you know, they asked him about whether or not he thought there should be parental Uh, You know, it was about the transgender, um, Mm -hmm. you know, whether parents should have control over whether or not their kids get, you know, treatment for transgenderism. And uh, he said, well, I believe I believe that parents should have that right. And I don't look at those clowns in Washington and I don't trust them to make decisions uh, about my family. And I just thought to myself, wow, Chris, take that. You're so close. So close. Take that one step further and you'll see what we're saying about abortion as well. And of course, he knows that, you know, I mean, he's not he's not a stupid person. I mean, he understands that. But I mean, that's about as close as it got to making the sort of argument um, about, you know, the general argument, I think, about freedom mm-hmm. and the idea that the, the right wing, the far right, as represented Really by Nikki Haley, too, by the way. I mean, she said she'd sign a six-week mm-hmm. abortion ban. So, yep. you know, it's not like she's some moderate. Um, but she and, and, and DeSantis, both of them are in that same kind of far-right quadrant of the of the Republican Party on, on these policies like abortion that are extremely relevant and important to the American people. So, you know, I, I, it's the, the, the moderators didn't ask the question because I think they were trying to help these mm. people 
avoid having to say something that yes. could be used in in social media or in Democratic ads, ads. you know in campaign used ads used against yeah. them yeah well and uh, that's a very good point and i will as long as you uh, raise this um, this point that chris christie made um, I have another clip from Chris Christie, who you know I'm in the uh, in the bag for. Apparently, you love Chris Christie. I do. I do. Just marry him. Why don't you marry Chris Christie? Have, for years, I have been a fan. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, there was all of this yelling and screaming uh, at each other, but there was sort of this one thing that they all seemed, except for maybe Christie, to agree on, which was. Uh, you know, the old Steve Bannon vow of destroying the so-called administrative state. Ramaswamy wanted to fire 75 percent of the federal government, uh, both DeSantis and Haley, uh, you know, vowed to wreak havoc on bureaucracy or something to shut down government agencies to clear out the DOJ, the FBI, all of that. So they're against big government, except when they are not. Um, DeSantis was vowing to continue his Florida record nationally using big government for all kinds of things on the federal level, like when it came to medical care for transgender people, the apparently the most critical issue, you guys, um, next to the invasion at the southern border, which both Haley and DeSantis and I think Ramaswamy wanted the government to block and take over those issues from parents. And again, it was Christie who seemed to have it right, or at least he had it the way the, the most traditionally Republican will say here. Here's his response to uh, to Megyn Kelly's question about being out of step by opposing. She was accusing him of opposing government uh, taking over parental control of medical decisions for children. Aren't you way too out of step on this issue to be the Republican nominee? No, I'm not. Because, because Republicans believe in less government, not more, in less involvement with government, not more in government involvement in people's lives. I trust parents. And we're out there saying that we should empower parents in education. And yet we want to take other parental rights away. I believe there is no one who loves my children more than me, not some government bureaucrat. And we're going to put my children's health and my decisions in their hands for them to make those decisions, I get to make the decisions about my children, not anybody else. And every parent out there who's watching tonight, you start to turn over just a little bit of this authority, the authority they're going to take from you next, you're not going to like. I'll stand up for parents each and every time. So Drift Glass, isn't that, yeah. isn't that the right answer to that question, at least for a Republican in a Republican debate, whether you agree with what he said or not? That's the traditional isn't it the, the the traditional response from Republicans on this sort of thing? Well, yeah, it, it it certainly is. It's also the traditional should have been Republican answer for every other social issue, like gay marriage, mm -hmm. like contraception, right? Like everything else, right? Those people don't exist in the Republican Party anymore. They're they want the government to eradicate, eliminate, and put in camps, outlaw people they don't like or people who make them feel icky or uncomfortable and they're cool with that they have gotten over this you know the Stuart stevens uh, you know Stuart stevens the, the veteran republican um strategist mm -hmm. the title of his book is it was all a lie and he's right that's, that's yeah. the truest thing i've read about the republican party in, in years yeah all of it was a lie all of it they don't care about debts they don't care about deficits 
They don't care about any of this stuff. They don't care they about used, the government at all. The whole they argument, about, uh, w- the whole argument against Obamacare was that we shouldn't have the government coming between uh, patients and their doctors. Well, see, that was yesterday, and that doesn't <laughs> count because <laughs> once, once right. you know, if you've noticed, I'm sure you have. These people just wipe their memories every few weeks, mm. and anything that was said, like in the before time, is gone mm-hmm. in the midst of history. Um, you know, the, the whole Tea Party were a bunch of Republicans who didn't want to take ownership of supporting George Bush. So they put on a bunch of funny hats and said, I've never heard of George Bush. And there's no mechanism to hold them accountable for what they used to say other than political elections. Well, there, And so... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, that stuff is simply like they used to say about, you know, in the Vietnam War, that statement is no longer operative. They just don't believe that anymore. And therefore, you're a bad person for making them talk about that. Well, there is something uh, that can be done about it. If, if only someone had a podcast that yeah. <laughs> sort of looked back at, at things. Yeah. Do you know anybody? Uh, Drift oh, there's, there are a couple of jerks in the Midwest who mm-hmm. have a, four people listen to their podcast. It's yeah. not really very popular. What's it called? It's called No Fair Remembering Stuff. And in fact, um, just this week, they did one on a guy named Michael Steele. You might remember a guy named Michael Steele. I do. I do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he is the hero of the revolution, uh, the leader of the democratic liberal movement in America for going uh-huh. on three days now. And uh-huh. he has his own show on MSNBC now. So, Oh, does he really? I didn't yeah, know that. All right. Yeah, well, and, and I guess uh, one could download that uh, No Fair Remembering Things from Pro Left Podcast. ProLeftPod.com or, or uh, um. You can go on to most any podcast platform and way, way, way down at the bottom, you'll find us. Okay. And, and uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it. All right. I hear it's very good. Uh, great. Heather, I and I only have I'm already running late. So uh, give me a quick answer on this if you could. But the uh, the, sp- the sponsors of that debate on Wednesday night in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, thought it was appropriate to feature not one, but two video questions from a guy named Tom Fenton of the extreme right judicial watch, uh, even as Fenton himself was identified as an unindicted co-conspirator in the Georgia state case <laughs> against Trump and uh, and his allies for attempting to steal the 2020 election. He served as an advisor to Trump. He encouraged him to steal the election on January 6th, and yet they gave him two questions at this thing. Uh, and DeSantis praised Fenton during his answer. What? in tarnation <laughs> should we make of that well i think what we can make of it is the fact that you know this debate was you know definitely skewed toward i mean they they went the republicans are our audience for this so we're going to give them republican stuff they there was no intention there to challenge any of these people in, in any way other than the kind of thing that they did amongst themselves so i mean to me that was the problem with this debate and i was frankly a little surprised because News Nation, I didn't think, was sort of putting themselves into the right-wing, um, you know, bucket of yep. cable news shows. They're so they've proliferated like, you know, like rabbits. Um, but apparently they are. So, you know, now we know. And that's good to know. Because if you listen to Chris Cuomo, um, yeah, you were listening to a Republican station. So, uh, you know. Uh, well, I, I hope Steve Bannon is available to ask some questions oh, uh, in the too. next uh, upcoming debate. So let's take a quick break here. Our special coverage of the fourth GOP so-called presidential <laughs> primary debate from uh, Alabama on Wednesday night with Driftglass and Digby and Desi will continue straight ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. 
You're listening to the Bradcast. We are 100% listener supported, thanks to listeners like you who drop by bradblog.com slash donate. January 6th now does look like it was an inside job, that the government lied to us for 20 years about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11, that the great replacement theory is not some grand right-wing conspiracy theory, but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform, that the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech, that the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the national security establishment <laughs> okay. that actually Thank put you. up the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that they knew was false. There's a reason why I'm the only person That'll on the stage who can Thank say you. these things. Everybody knows that the dice are loaded. Uh, Everybody rolls man. with their fingers crossed. Welcome back. Everybody knows. It's the Bradcast special coverage of the fourth GOP presidential primary debate on Wednesday night in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, with our special guest, Heather Digby Parton of Salon and Drift Glass of the Pro Left podcast. Okay, guys, I, I tried to dig deep here because I was really trying to come up with, with something, uh, some sort of actual issue that uh, seemed worth discussing. Uh, that actually came up in the debate that wasn't just a, a sort of a right wing, you know, clown question. Uh, but they've been bashing uh, TikTok a lot during these uh, things because uh, this exchange between Haley and DeSantis was on the verge of substantive. They, they've been <laughs> bashing uh, TikTok uh, as a proxy, really, for hating on China to show how much they hate on China because Donald Trump decided to hate on China. Uh, and TikTok has been very clever in running very good commercials during each and every break of every GOP debate so far. Uh, but this exchange was regarding Nikki Haley's call, and, and she did, in fact, call for this, for everyone to be identified before posting on social media, to have their identities verified by social media outlets before apparently they, they can post at all. Social media companies need to show us their algorithms. I also said there are millions of bots on social media right now. They're foreign, they're Chinese, they're Iranian. I will always fight for freedom of speech for Americans. We do not need freedom of speech for Russians and Iranians and Hamas. I never said government should go and require anyone's That's name. That's false. She what said, I, I said, want your name. She said, I want your name. And that was going to be one of the first things she did in office. And then she got real serious blowbacks. We have anonymous speech. The Federalist Papers were written with anonymous writers. Jay, Madison, and Hamilton, they, they went under pubulus. This cracks me up because Ron is so hypocritical because he actually went and tried to push a law that would stop anonymous um, people from talking to the press and went so far to say bloggers should have to register with the state if they're going to talk about, write about elected officials. Okay, so uh, <laughs> takeaways there, uh, Chinese and Iranian people and foreigners are running these things. And by the way, the anonymous name was Publius. It was not <laughs> Publius. It's not Publius. He said pubes. Let's face it. That's what he said. He said it. We all know it. But as as two people who who actually post to media pseudonymously, 
who Haley apparently wants to target. And, and yes, DeSantis was, in fact, talking about forcing bloggers in Florida to register if they wanted to register with the government if they wanted to write anything at all about politics. Uh, I thought I'd get uh, your, your thoughts on this exchange. Uh, Drift class, would you like to start? Sure. You know, <laughs> as long as I have the full uh, machinery of a major media company, including their lawyers and their salaries and all the other shields that one has from the consequences of one's stupid behavior, I'm happy to go by my full name. No problem at all. But as long as I'm just a little old blogger out here in the middle of a cornfield and mm -hmm. subjected to the whims of my psycho neighbors and mm -hmm. crazy Republicans and so forth, uh, no, I'm not particularly interested in sharing where I am and what my address is and what the name of my stepkids are. Um, no, not interested in doing that at all. If you, if you want to know who I am, I've been writing my blog for going on 19 years now. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. That's what I believe. And I'm happy to talk to anybody under any circumstances on any platform about anything. But I absolutely reserve the right to be able to protect my family and my identity unless I have, again, if, if you want to make me as rich as Elon Musk, go right ahead. I will, I'll be out and proud and walking around naked in public. But until then, <laughs> I decline. So what you're saying is you're in the bag for Ron DeSantis. I get 100%. it. I, I understand. 100%. Except he, uh, Digby, he wants to make you register to be a blogger, any yep. uh, a p a political blogger, apparently. Uh, any thoughts on that, Digby? <laughs> yeah, I have a few. Uh, <laughs> as a blogger of 20 years uh -huh. um, and who one who did write pseudonymously for many years. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I find everybody know, I thought find you were absolutely... everybody thought you were a dude. For all of those yeah. years until you outed yourself because you only went by the name of Digby. Very clever. That's right. But go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to catch up. <laughs> At least it wasn't Pubulus. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe I should have chosen that one. Um, yes. <laughs> but, you know, of course. I mean, this is, this is absolutely obscene. It goes against everything that we believe. These people are all proclaiming themselves to be free speech uh, advocates and you know true believers and yet they come up with stuff like this and it, it, what this says and just in you know take it just a little bit bigger picture yeah. DeSantis and Haley both and you know all of them to some extent um, certainly Trump you know this whole thing that's been happening over the last couple of weeks where the media suddenly discovered that Trump wants to be a dictator right and they're you know, suddenly they're going wow he's really extreme he's got a lot of really wild ideas and you're going yeah no kidding well, guess who else does? Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. I mean, this isn't just some Donald Trump thing. This is something that's happened to the entire Republican Party, mm -hmm. as you can see, you know, exemplified by, by some of these sort of discrete policies like you're talking about now, like wanting to ban TikTok and wanting to make bloggers register with the government and, you know, and the entire panoply of policies that Ron DeSantis has put into place. In Florida, and in fact, at the debate last night, Ron DeSantis did something. I, I haven't heard anybody else notice this, but it's absolutely what happened. He basically said, because, you know, Christy, as you pointed out, said, you know, is he fit and, you know, all this stuff. DeSantis basically said, no, he's not. He didn't say it out loud, but he said, you know, no, he's basically not fit because I'm the dictator that will actually get it done. I'm the guy who's I'm going to take it way farther than anything Trump mm -hmm. will do. 
he's incapable of being a true Hitlerian fascist. And that's, mm. and I am your guy if you like that. Because if you listen to his policy stuff, then he said quite a bit. It's horrible. And the bragging he did about what he's done in Florida. And it's not that Haley's particularly any better if you, she just has a nicer way of putting it, you know. But, yeah. but the truth is, this is where the Republican Party is, and they're being backed. I mean, who in the Republican Party is saying, oh, wait a minute, come on now. You know, we're not going to disband the, the Department of Justice. No, this whole thing about, you know, the CIA going after the media. Chris Christie, yeah, that's happening. who. Chris Christie that's is the one who. who's saying And look it. how yeah. far he's gotten. I know, I, you know, but and I appreciate that from Chris Christie. I really do. And he does speak for a very small sliver of the Republican Party, most of whom are completely irrelevant to the party establishment and many of whom have left the Republican Party. Mm. Um, but for the most part, this is this is now standard stuff. And so the media discovering this about Trump, they're going to have to look a little bit deeper and dig a little bit deeper to see just how how far this you know philosophy mm. has now penetrated into the entire party. The uh, uh, and and don't forget uh, Ron DeSantis just in. Last year, 2022, uh, his his platform for running for reelection was Florida is for freedom. Yeah. So there's some irony there. Uh, that does it for the substantive portion of this program <laughs> for the issues. Let me do this and take a quick break. We'll come back and go back to the politics here. I Yay. think on both on both sides. Well, we'll figure it out after a quick break. Let's take a quick break here. Our special coverage of debate number Four on the GOP side, debate without the actual leading candidate actually there with our special guests, Digby and Driftglass and the delightful Desi. A few more thoughts straight ahead on the Bradcast. I am Brad Friedman. Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to counter the powerful corporate media echo chamber. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. We're 17 minutes into this debate, and except for your little speech in the beginning, we've had these three acting as if the race is between the four of us. The fifth guy who doesn't have the guts to show up and stand here, he's the one who, as you just put it, is way ahead in the polls. And yet, I've got these three guys who are all seemingly to compete um, with, you know, Voldemort. He or shall not be named. They don't want to talk about it. The, the fact is that when you go and you say the truth about somebody who is a dictator, a bully, who has taken shots at everybody, who dares to disagree with him, then I understand why the these three are timid to say anything about it. The truth needs to be told. And for us to go 17 minutes without discussing the guy who has all those gaudy numbers you talked about is ridiculous. I'm in this race because the truth needs to be spoken. He is unfit. This is a guy who just said this past week that he wants to use the Department of Justice to go after his enemies when he gets in there. He is unfit to be president, and there is no bigger issue in this race, Megan, than Donald Trump, and those numbers prove it. Whoa, 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 where have we been? Where have we gone? Mm -hmm. Well, 
Welcome back to the Chris Christie Show. I mean, the fourth uh, <laughs> debate, special coverage of, of the fourth GOP debate out of Alabama on Wednesday night here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. With my guests, Heather Digby-Parton and uh, of Salon and Hullabaloo and Driftglass of the Pro-Left Podcast and No Fair Remembering Things. I think I got that right. Uh, so, uh, guys, um, primary politics here. Uh, let's start on the Republican side, and we'll, we'll hit a little bit of this on the Democratic side as well. But I sort of want to get uh, all, all of your thoughts here. Um, let me start with you, Heather. Who is the best Republican candidate to beat Joe Biden. If you were working for the Republican Party, who would you want to see as the nominee? Uh, well, you know, you asked me this, at, I think, after the first debate. Yeah. And um, I said at the time I thought it was Nikki Haley. Um, and my reasoning then was that I felt like she could appeal potentially to some of those, you know, suburban moms mm -hmm. that are so important to the, you know, that were formerly Republicans mm -hmm. that are now, you know, looking at Biden. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure of that because um, I'm not sure the country's in the same place exactly as, as it was then. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff going on, but I'm still going to go with her. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm tempted to say Chris Christie. I know that'll make you happy um, <laughs> because you want to see Chris Christie, Chris Christie on, the, lover. on the ticket. Yes, I, uh, You're Chris yeah. Christie lover, as you want. I've got some Chris um, Christie questions coming up in a second. So, okay. So you say Nikki Haley. Uh, <laughs> I say Nikki Haley. Yeah. Drift class, who, who is, if you're running the Republican Party, who's the best candidate to put up to beat Joe Biden of the people who are available? Apparently. Yeah, I was going to say Everett Dirksen is dead, right? <laughs> that's so right. that's not available. Yeah, I've, um, but I've heard very good things about him. So go ahead. Yeah, he, well, we have a whole road named after him here in Illinois. So yeah. it's cool yeah. with us. Yeah. Um, I'd like to answer that question kind of a sidestep kind of way because I did watch a program on MSNBC called Morning Joe, mm -hmm. and I was informed by Joe Scarborough that um, Nikki Haley mm -hmm. is the only acceptable is would only be unacceptable as a candidate to the extremes on both sides. Mm. He is so horny to get back to blaming both sides. <laughs> you can taste it. And the yeah. entire panel just nodded their heads and said, yep, yep, yep. It's the both sides, man. These extremes on both sides. But he's so, right. He's right. Isn't he? I mean, wouldn't she, as far as she would be the best candidate, if I was running the Republican party, wouldn't she be the best candidate to put up against uh, oh, Joe Biden? Oh, she, here? She'd be a fine candidate to put up, but the idea that the only reason a Democrat wouldn't vote for her is because we're crazy is his position. <laughs> and I think that's crazy. I think yeah. they're all completely that's unqualified ridiculous. for very different reasons. Yeah. So of, of all the choices available, you know, Tim Scott is gone. God bless him. Yes. Um, and the rest of them, I guess Nikki Haley is sort of Hobson's choice, but well, I never liked Hobson's choice, and Hobson isn't running either. All right. Well, uh, it's, it, it's it's also yeah. important to sort of add there that it's not because you know Morning Joe is totally wrong about this. It's not because Democrats would vote for Nikki Haley. Of course, they're not going to. It's right. because there would be independents and maybe some never Trumpers who have decided that they're not going to vote for you know for Donald Trump. 
would be willing perhaps to vote for Nikki Haley. It's not because exactly. they, it has nothing to do with extremes. It's because right. he was dragging back a few, you know, former Republicans right. or former independent Republican leading independents back into the crowd. It was, it's been a close election that could make a difference. But no, of course she's not acceptable to Democrats. The woman would sign a six week abortion ban for yep. crying out loud. No, yeah. no, that's not happening. I hear you. Not and, to mention her warmongering. But, but that, God, I know, she's worse than Trump. I know, but that was not the question. It was just who would <laughs> okay. be the best to win <laughs> if you were running the Republican Party. Which so I agree with. I will ask oh, I will, I do have a, quick, quickly. One question. Yes. Do, do Republican voters get to vote in Republican primaries in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll see. Who are we talking about? We'll see. Yeah. I'm not so sure. All right, very quickly, I had to go around the table. Actually, did you, Des, did you have a Oh, a, I just had a similar thought to what Digby was saying, which is basically that everybody already knows, I think, where they're going to vote and where they're going to land on this, except for that weird, muddled middle. And so the fight is for the weird, muddled middle and the independents yeah. like that. So that's where I thought... You know, I can see where Haley, you know, you might calculate that Haley will draw more independence. I think Christie might draw more independence if he has a more, um, I'm sorry, a less uh, crazy position on abortion. All abortion right. Ban. I have to keep going around the table here very quickly. If it was up to you, we'll start again with uh, Heather here. Uh, if it was up to you, who would you like to see be the GOP nominee to be running against Joe Biden of the now five available? Oh, I'll pick the guy who's going to be on trial practically for treason okay. during the campaign. <laughs> All I'm right. pick him. That would be Ron DeSantis. Oh, no, that would be Donald Trump. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Drift Glass, your answer there? Oh, I, I, I would pick Vivek in a minute because, you know, oh. Biden would open him up like a pinata. Yeah. <laughs> you'd, you'd rather see true, uh, true. Vivek running against him. Biden. Uh, that, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, good call. All of that said, uh, knowing that this would help Nikki Haley have a shot at taking down Donald Trump, which is either a good or bad thing. And knowing that's you know what Christie claims as his reason for running at all to take down Trump, would you encourage Chris Christie to drop out and endorse Haley before New Hampshire drift glass? No, I like him in there as an IED. So you don't think she's because he's actually pulling pretty well in yep. New Hampshire, and if he yep. dro if he drops out, endorses her, she's like within spitting distance of Trump. Well, if as long as you can spit twenty points, yeah, sure, that's fine. Well, it <laughs> makes it a contest after all. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Digby? Exactly the same. I, you know, I, I, no, I want Christie in there, and I don't want Haley's not going anywhere, and I'm not. I don't think anybody needs to help her. So you're going to hide behind uh, Driftglass' skirt again. So will hide I. behind his man dress his, again. His man dress. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Whatever that was. Yeah, I, I have to. I agree I as well. You, I agree with that you, as well. You're under the man dress as yes, well. Exactly. Okay. Uh, finally, and I, I really only got about 30 seconds for each of you to explain this to me because I do not understand it, but I'm sure you people all do. The President Biden on his uh, re-election campaign uh reportedly said, uh, quote, if Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running. Then everyone freaked out about it, at least in the media, for the next 24 hours. And I think they're still freaking out about it. But I do not understand why. Heather Digby Parton, why is everyone so disturbed by that remark? No idea. It's because they're disturbed by anything Biden says, basically. I mean, I didn't get, get the freak out either. I think so. 
I know. So it's I, been... you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, right. You know why? Why? Why does anybody care? I can't tell you. But I, I can't tell you why they care about ninety percent of the stuff that Biden says is that just shocks them for some reason. I mean, to me, it's just that's Biden. It is who he is. It's nothing to you know. Well, be worried about. I don't get it. I don't. Yep. I don't get it either. But I will say this: that when there are unanswerable questions. Drift Glass usually has an answer to them. So, uh, oh, Drift Glass, why oh. is everyone freaking out? No pressure. Did you ever have in high school that physics experiment with a bunch of mouse traps and you toss one ping pong ball in and it all fires off? Mm. Yes. It, yeah, that's it. It's the, the press, the media, all the people there are so freaked out all the time anyway, looking for anything anyway, are all at pitched at a hysterical level that any normal thing or any gaffe is the end of the world. That's just the way you sell newspapers uh-huh. by putting, you know, four foot headlines on the front page. That's all this is. Gotcha. See, I knew that he would have an answer <laughs> to you. the unanswerable so question. Much. It's the ping pong balls <laughs> and the mouse trap. Hey, guys, uh, that was delightful. Yes. I really appreciate you joining us for this hour. And actually, I, I would have thanked you for joining us for four hours this uh, debate, se- uh, this uh, primary season. But apparently there will be more hours ahead, as CNN oh. announced. There are two oh, more boy. debates next month alone, one in New Hampshire, All right. one in Iowa. So get some rest. Thank you, guys. Heather Digby Parton can be uh, read (laughs) and should be read every day at Salon.com as well as Digby'sBlog.net. You can also follow her on the site, yes, still known as Twitter, at Digby56. You can follow Driftglass on that same Twitter under the uh, name Mr. Underscore Electrico. And you can download and listen to his podcasts, both of them, the Pro Left Podcast and No Fair Remembering Stuff, things, stuff? Stuff. Stuff. No Fair Remembering Stuff uh, at ProLeftPod.com. Always a delight to speak to you both. I sort of look forward to doing it uh, (laughs) twice next month. (laughs) Uh, And thanks for all. we got to get out. You guys are the spoonful of sugar. There you go. Always the medicine go down. Thank you, Desi Doyen, our producer. (laughs) Thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. Made possible by those of you kind enough and thoughtful enough to uh, hit one of those donate buttons while you're there to help us stay on your public airwaves. Drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks, Mastodons, and site still known as Twitter, I am the Bradblog. We will see you there. Until we see you here next time, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Oh, oh, oh.